1: Welcome back to another episode of KSL Cafecito, the podcast where we talk all things culture. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to be talking about uh, mob mentality on social media as well as kicking the habit today. But before we get to that, uh, let's talk about social media. Be sure to follow us on our Twitter accounts. Our joint Twitter account is at KSL Cafecito. And then I'm at Evie Cruz.
0: And I'm at Shuel Carones.
1: Cool. So, Shuel, why don't you get us started with the first topic? Seems
0: like nowadays there is a growing trend of if you will, mob mentality when it comes to things on social media and when it comes to posts and things like that. What do I mean by that? There was an article posted on KSL.com a while back talking about, it was called a return to public shaming. And basically, I'll just give you kind of the Cliff Notes version of it. It was saying how nowadays there is a sense of, of a mob mentality online when it comes to if we see something that we, whether agree with, but it's mostly when we disagree about something or we see something that we don't like. We beca- we begin what one expert called depersonalization, and we begin to join the crowd, and we begin to say, hey, you're wrong about su- such and such, or I don't like this because of that, so I'm going to join in, and you can call it bullying, you could call it picking on, you could call it whatnot. What was used in this article was a sense of public shaming, like how back in, you know, the 1800s or 1700s, right when there used to be public shaming and things like that, and there are some countries that still do that to this day. That there is public shaming, and it talked about this idea of depersonalization. Where I'll give you just one of the quotes: when you're in a big crowd, even more so to some extent online, because this is really prominent in social media, uh, you don't feel like you need to take individual responsibility for your actions because you're just one of many. You might be, you might not be as in touch with your personal values. And this is made worse online because mm-hmm. there's a feeling of anonymity. So with this in mind, we wanted to talk about this idea of this mob mentality of the return to public shaming, of, of, of this sort of, for now I'm going to call it just bullying on social media. So my question to you to begin this topic, Yvette, is why this mentality of joining the crowd, has, it feels like it's saturated social media and our social media lives. What do you think about about this idea that we just begin to jump in and join the crowd and we become depersonalized with something? We just join the crowd.
1: So I think it has to do with pretty much exactly what you said. It's the fact that the mob mentality came about where um, a, a group of people join in together because they, they don't want to feel alone. And so they it's easier to stand up with something or on something that you're not doing alone. So it, it can be perceived as negative because that's, what, that's where the mob uh, sense comes from. But now you throw in social media, like you said, when you can be anonymous. So you can be anonymous and you're not alone. So, of course, I think that makes it easier for people to jump in, to just jump on this bandwagon and bully someone or something, an organization or a person. And I don't – I mean, I have questions too. I don't get why. I don't, I don't understand why people want to participate in that. I've seen – The things that I've seen on my like social media feed are mostly, you know, I saw this movie and I I loved it. And then people, yeah, I loved it too. Or no, I didn't. And I I like that balance. I like people being able to. and, And I guess this is social media. This is my Facebook page, for example. So people aren't anonymous. So, of course, they're going to maybe be a little more careful with what they're saying. But I don't get how... People can like think. Think of um, the comment section in any news story, for example, or YouTube. I've seen a lot of that. I, I try to tell myself, "Don't read the comment section." I think that's something that we as journalists try to instill, and you know, to you know, stay on the right path. But we're human. Oh, and we're I have morbid curiosity, yeah. so I am going to read the comment section, and people can be brutal, and it's. I think it's easier for people to just be like to hide behind their computer screen or befi- behind their phone screen and type away and and not have to face a crowd but i just feel like if you're not going to say these things in person then why would you say them online That makes no sense. You're not. If someone's not satisfied with service somewhere, they're not going to walk. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they will. But it's not as likely that they're going to walk up to every single customer and walk up to the store owner, the the restaurant or whatever, and start yelling at them and start saying these obscenities. They're just going to go online, hide behind a screen, and then they're going to share their horrible uh, review. And you know, and I understand. I think at the same time, I think social. It's Social media is a double-edged sword because you can also share your opinion about something and people will accept it and they're going to want to know what you have to say about a certain topic or about a certain establishment or whatever. I think that's great, but I don't get why people would want to attack something or someone just to what? That I I mean, like I said, I have more questions than I have answers on this topic.
0: For me, it it, it almost feels like it feels like it's a new sense of now almost like entitlement. And it's also this sense of, well, I have every right to just to, to put you down for whatever reason, just because of uh, uh, of whatever, insert whatever reason here. Sometimes it's not even a, a logical reason to, to bring somebody down or to bring a group down or whatnot. And I'm going to read another quote from uh, an expert that said that we are in the start of a great renaissance of public shaming. And for me, I've never really thought about it like that until recently on and and a lot of it has to do, for me at least, with a lot of the political tension that has happened over the past few years. Not necessarily just months, but over the past few years, it feels like we're now o- almost more accepting to it in the sense of well, that that's just how people are. People are always going to be like that. We're just going to give up and just say, really, that I that's hope just not. that, like that's just how it is. Oh well, people are always going to be jerks or, or or whatnot, or, or using strong terms like that. I don't think that's acceptable at all. I don't think we need to accept that. And I, I, I clap and I praise for those people that decide to get out of social media because there have been a few journalists over the past few years that have begun to just get out of it, and not necessarily because their feelings got hurt or because, or, you know, or whatnot. They feel like you know their work has been put down, or what, they just are tired of the mob mentality that there that there is out there. And although that term for some people might say that oh that that may might be a little a little too harsh. Is it really? Because we see, unfortunately, a lot of these stories that we see about online bullying, we see people just completely get their lives really damaged by social media. And it kind of is a mob mentality. It is. If, If somebody, let's be honest, some people sometimes will make a mistake on social media, whether it's a photo, whether it's a tweet, whether it's something on Instagram. We're all human. Some mistakes are bigger than others. I recognize that. But there are some mistakes that are just mistakes and we need to forgive and we need to move on. But it feels like nowadays, especially if you make a mistake on social media, your social media Mm -hmm, could be done. And it's and and that is that's a shame. that really is a shame.
1: But I say it's a double-edged sword because sometimes thanks to social media and people sharing something and bringing awareness to something makes more people aware of the fact that someone, for example, did make a racist rem- remark or someone did say something completely unnecessary to a customer or to a person on the street. Did you ever see that video a while back about the, the guy uh, who, was, who had a little food truck or something in California? I want to say it was California. I think era Mexicano. Mm. And there was this guy, get argentino, who started saying stuff to him, and no, somebody recorded all of it on stuff. He just started saying a lot of stuff, and I, I think supposedly he was in the way. I, I don't want to be inaccurate, but I think he wasn't like he was standing on the sidewalk, and he had like one of those like fr- fruit trucks, or right. he had, you know, he was, uh, yeah, he had something, and like I guess they asked him to move so, according to what they like reported, and so he didn't want to move, or he. The, the way that they said it came off wrong. And so someone's recording and this guy's shouting all these obscenities to him. And that went viral immediately. And so then all these other news outlets jumped on the story and started talking to both. Well, I think, yeah, I know for sure they talked to the uh, the guy with the cart. Mm. But that completely, like like I said, that went viral. And sometimes, I mean, if you're going to be shouting things to someone unnecessarily, sometimes that, I mean... You should you should understand that people have phones everywhere and they can record anything or or you've seen the the videos where uh there are people like there's uh, you know um I'm trying to think of an example. I know for one, there was this lady with her daughter or her, um, she was with her son, whatever. She was speaking in Spanish. She was at IHOP or something a while back. And this other lady started saying things like, you don't belong here. You need to go back to your country. And that was all recorded on social media. And then that gets shared. And then that brings awareness to how horrible some people can be. And so, I don't know. I feel like it's a double-edged sword because on the one side, you can share something like that. And it can go viral. And it brings awareness to... You know, and it brings people together for a moment, but at the same time, you've got to be careful with the facts. You've got to know what you're sharing and the potential that it has. So in the story, the article that you referred to in the beginning, I know that it came from someone who went to a restaurant and then the person or they believed that the person who attended them made a transphobic comment and then... Later, they posted something on they re- they reviewed the restaurant. I think it was Facebook. They um yeah they left reviews on the cafe's Facebook, Google, and Yelp pages. And then the owners saw that, and the owners refuted the claims. They went back and they looked at video, and they called this person, and they you know they came to an agreement that it was a misunderstanding. And that person took back their reviews and said that they apologize that they, they they apologized to the owner and the owner's wife, and they were sorry that that business was getting threatening posts and and all that stuff because of a misunderstanding and they came they at least they they um, took back their claims and then you had other people posting and saying uh even though I did not initially post an, or I did initially post an angry response to the incident of discrimination, I'm ashamed to say that I would have thoughtlessly condemned this establishment had I heard about the accusation of transphobia just a few hours before I did. And then luckily the restaurant refuted the claim and so on. So these people, it came to light that there was a misunderstanding. And so in this case... There was that, you know, but in some cases, like, like you said, it, it's it is a terrible it's a terrible thing that someone said, and then that goes viral, or vice versa. And so I don't, like I said, it's a double edged sword. And I wonder, and I don't know if you can speak to this. I wonder if there's ever going to be a time where we will only use something like social media for the good and not the terrible, like we do.
0: I I hate this. No, I don't think we're ever going to reach that point. That sounds sad to say, but I no, I think it, it is what it is. It's, it's kind of like. Do we use any other uh, platforms for necessarily for one side more than the other? Not really. I mean, th- I can't mm-hmm. think of anything else either when it comes to you can say anything from television to radio to mm-hmm. everything else. It's 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 there even to books. It's always going to be like you said, it's always going to be two sides to something. My hope is that for people that the individuality th- you remember that fact that you don't always have to join the crowd. That you don't always have to. Now, if it's something that you feel strongly about, whether others might see it as right or wrong, I obviously can't tell you to say yes or say no or to, to go what to do with that. But my only advice would be to think carefully because everything on social media, everything that we that we post, everything that is somehow recorded and it's there forever pretty much it's there it's going to be there for many years people can archive facebook's people can take a screenshots, look screenshots people screenshots, screenshots. <laughs> people are there so so before you decide to say i'm going to comment on this post make sure that you realize that that's that's going to be there for a while and that will say something about you, whether you like it or whether you've thought about
1: it or not. Yeah, not just that, but like, you know, you share something, you retweet, that stuff happens instantly. And then all of that person's followers see something. And maybe you think, oh, I only have 200 followers, for example. Well, that one of those followers could retweet and they could have a thousand. And then it, it just it's a cycle. It goes on and on and on. And I mean, I think, like you said, I think people just need to be careful with what they they share and what they agree with or not everyone's entitled to their own opinion but make sure you have the facts make sure you have proof before you condemn something or someone so we'll end off this topic how the article ends off and it says and for the average human with a social media account there's a whole new meaning now to the phrase with great power comes great responsibility Did you know that 40% of what we do day in and day out is done purely out of habit? No. Wow. Yep. So obviously some of it's good, some of it's bad or unhealthy. Um, but this is something that you and I have just briefly talked about before. And I find habits or picking up habits, dropping habits, whatever. I find it both fascinating and frustrating because sometimes Obviously, we know of certain habits that we have, and then there are other things that we have no idea are habits that we have somehow picked up, or there's other things that we are trying to pick up and we can't. And so, I don't know, are there any habits right now that you would like to kick? Any well, that you can think of?
0: Yeah, yeah, there yeah, there's several. I mean, the first one to me that comes to mind is sometimes I'll kind of shake like my leg, uh-huh. and so it's usually my right leg. I'll just uh-huh. usually shake it. That needs to go. That needs to stop. Like that's Why? Because it's just, I feel like it's not healthy. Nobody's told me it's necessarily healthy, uh-huh. but I just feel like it's not healthy. Okay. It feels like it's not, like, that's just something that you need to stop. It's almost like a tick, but it kind of makes, makes me feel a little comfortable.
1: Okay. But at
0: the same time, it's like, do I do I need to do that? And I think- Sometimes that question of, do I need this? Do I need to be doing this? Or do I need this in my life?
1: Right, because some habits are that, like, for example, brushing your teeth is a habit that we, I would like to say, as a society, <laughs> have picked up yes. several times a day. Most of us. Yes. Uh, but that, that's a habit. Drinking coffee in the morning, that's a habit. Right. Um, I don't know, like biting your nails, uh, scrolling on social media at certain times, all those things are habits. Right. Some people go to the gym and work out every day. Props to you. That's a good habit. Right. But, I mean is there anything deeper than your like <laughs> knee thing? <laughs> like is there I mean I, I know you're not a smoker, I know you're not a drinker like so I know mm-hmm. that those and good for you those things are um you know unhealthy habits. Right. There, so. there is a
0: habit that I that I need to that I need to kick which is sugar. Oh. Which is the amount of sugar. Now, a few months ago I went to the doctor and I was thank thank God I was fine. For me I'm st- I still it still worries me sometimes because as much as I try to avoid the Pepsi here, the Pepsi there, or whatnot. I, I, I'm a big fan of Pepsi, by the way, as you can tell. Not sponsored. Pepsi's by a habit, and it's a <laughs> habit, and that needs to stop. I, ca- I I I can't help it. Sometimes I feel like I need that little bit of rush, especially for us who work at night. Yeah. For me, I feel like sometimes around seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night, to get to that last push, I need that little bit of rush, and I've already had my coffee, so it, to me, it's like I don't. It's not going to give me that boost. Right. I need something rather cold. At least that's how I f- I think because it could be mental all as well.
1: Yeah, and I need a lot to, of habits are mental.
0: And so I feel like I need something cold and I need something that's going to give me the boost. I'm not a energy drink person. I I, I don't like those. So I go with, with with some sugar and it's not and it's not good. That's a that's a habit that for me over these past few months. I'm really trying, but it, it is it is tough, and I'm not, that's not an excuse. I know there are some people that are much more strong-willed than I am that are able to do that, but for me, I'm still struggling with that. One habit that I can say, and I think I've mentioned it to you before, that I've been able to to get rid of uh, is milk, is the drinking of milk, um, not necessarily because somebody told me I need to stop or for health mm-hmm. reasons. I just want it to stop. Yeah, I just want to stop. There's so many years of drinking a good amount of milk, feel Like, I didn't really need it, so now the only time I have milk is when it's on my latte or something like that. But I don't buy do you, a gallon of milk or with the that.
1: Pepsi. Do you, like you said, you need some kind of energy? You need some, do you feel that it works, that it's actually working, and that's why you've picked up this habit?
0: Honestly, at first, I think it works, uh-huh. but like by the sixth, seventh, already sip, it's kind of the same. I think it's more mental, yeah. I think it's I agree. more me- mental. But let me ask you, is there something that's you? That you are trying to work on to try to kick. Uh, the yes, habit.
1: absolutely. So every morning when I wake up, the first thing I reach for is my cell phone, and I scroll. Mm. So I look through all the news that I have, all the alerts that I've received. I also look through all my social media apps. That would in a certain order. So I go through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Uh, and I just, I do it because I have, I want to know what's going on. And then, you know, I go through emails and I just unnecessarily go through my phone before I've even had a glass of water or before I've even, sometimes before I've even lifted the blinds. Mm-hmm. I don't do it as long every day, but I do definitely do it. And even certain days where I'm, I look at it, I just briefly look, you know, when you can see all the alerts, but you don't actually open any of them. Sometimes I briefly look through all of them, you know, to see if anything huge happened that I should really be aware of. Mm-hmm. And then I tell myself, okay, you know what? You don't need to look. You're good. Everything's good. No one, nothing completely like that concerns you. you. You still have time before you go into work and you get familiarized with the news. So you don't have to keep going. And I do. I do. I keep going and I hate myself for it. I know it's something that a lot of people do. And it's not, I don't want to say it's com- like, it's not toxic to my health or anything. It's not like I'm uh, having a cigarette every morning. It's not like that. But sometimes I feel like it's toxic to my soul.
0: No. And I agree.
1: It not because I, yeah, sometimes I'm saying horrible things. I think at this point I'm immune to certain things. Yeah. I just, I just don't know why. I don't know why it's necessary. I just want to be informed. I want to know what happened while I was asleep. I want to, I don't know. It do drives you, me crazy. Let me, let me ask you. I drive me. myself crazy.
0: <laughs> Wasn't that a song? I don't know. <laughs> um, was, <laughs> I'm sure it was a, a song at some point. Um, let me ask you this. Do you feel that it is almost, both of us as journalists, do you feel like it's almost, the competitor in you because you Maybe. feel like you need to you need to be in the know cuz i do Maybe, know there's some people know. that i know that are in this business that tell me oh i can't shut off even when i'm on vacation yeah. i'm still i'm still looking and seeing what's going on because i got to be informed then with all due respect, what's the point of your vacation? You're trying yeah, to get I away. I think it
1: depends on – well, it also depends on your definition of a vacation. For some people, a vacation is just not being at work and not physically having to – some people, it's completely shutting off their mind from work and all things related to work. But it depends on – You know, I've, I go on vacations and I don't shut off all my social media and I don't shut off my news alerts and everything. I definitely don't shut it off. But – because if something huge happens, like, like, you know, we're in some bad times. And if something huge happens, I would like to know also because if I'm in a country or if I am somewhere and something's going to happen, I'm going to get an alert about it. And so I definitely don't, that's just, this is a personal preference. I don't shut it off. But one thing is me, like getting an alert that says, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know. I can't think of an example, but. It says something, and I just look at it, and I'm like, okay, and I don't have to open it up. I don't, I don't have to open up the story. I don't have to keep looking. I know at, at this point if something did happen, but it's not directly affecting me, or I'm on vacation, so there's nothing I can do or should do, and I hear more alerts, and I know it's all the same thing, but I'm on vacation. So, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. You never know what's going to happen and how you can
0: But you could get- say that about any time. You don't have to just say it about now. That, that could be at any time. So, for me... I I, 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 I disagree in the sense of, yes, you you do need to be informed about things, but at the same time, what are you doing to yourself mentally, health-wise, by continually just having to Okay, I can understand in the morning, but in the afternoon again, keep keep going with things like that. Keep One searching. could say the
1: same thing about drinking Pepsi, <laughs> and
0: yeah. that's
1: the whole like habit thing. Like some some people have habits, some mm-hmm. people have different habits. Like some habits are good for certain people, mm-hmm. some are not. There are certain people who are just trying to get into the game, and they don't have a habit of checking social media enough or mm-hmm. ha- checking their own email enough, and so they need to create that habit. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think, because I said some habits are good and some are bad, but I think that the the like the key to all of this is curbing the habits, like knowing which ones are good, knowing which ones are bad, and finding out how to curb it, like how to control those things past a certain point. And Mm -hmm. I think once you don't, that's when it becomes a bad habit. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm saying that's a bad habit that I check all that stuff every morning. It hasn't affected me physically yet, but it does affect me mentally sometimes, not to the point where I completely have kicked it, but at least to the point where I'm aware of it and I want to make the change and now all that's left is actually making that change or curbing it and saying, I think I read one time someone said like, don't, don't look through all of that stuff until you've had breakfast, at least that. And I think, hey, that's a good, that's a good compromise. I can obviously look through all this stuff before I come into work, but I can get up and have a glass of water. I can make something to drink. I can make a smoothie. I can have an actual breakfast, maybe go on a run and then check all that stuff. Will it happen overnight? No, probably not. I'm being realistic. But I think that's the same with any habit. Mm-hmm. It's just wanting, like more than anything, wanting to kick it. Or I guess realizing it's better for you then wanting to kick it and then taking the steps to kick it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, there's this TED talk that I was actually looking at uh, regarding habits, and it's called What Makes Some Technology So Habit-Forming? It's less than 15 minutes long if anyone wants to check it out, but it talks about how habits are formed and how they come from internal emotions. So you're feeling something. So maybe you're feeling lonely or you're feeling hungry or you're feeling tired or you're feeling sad, happy, whatever. That's where the habit starts. You start feeling something and then that triggers an action, which creates the habit itself. And then from there, the action leads to a reward. So for some, it's just that satisf, like like you said, the whole status, the competitor and that's like the satisfaction of knowing something or the, like you, your appetite or whatever. And so that's how habits are formed. I think that made so much sense when I looked at it because I started thinking about certain habits that I have and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's why, that's why I do that or. That's why I don't do that. And so I feel like if we could trick our minds into wanting, like in, into making certain emotions lead to good things. You mean
0: trick or teach? Maybe Ooh. teach better.
1: Teach. Teach is a good word, yeah. yes. So like teach our minds to, or teach ourselves to have certain emotions trigger good results or good habits instead of bad habits. That might, you know, make make things better. I don't know. Are there any habits that you uh, maybe not, like, something more than milk, like habits something that you would do, or, I don't know, sometimes sometimes people can be habits or, like, certain things with people. Are there, is there anything like that that you can proudly say that you have kicked and it has been a very long time?
0: Oh, there's some people that I've, <laughs> I hate to say it, gotten rid of, but there's some people I've separated myself from because they just weren't healthy in general, and does that make me sound selfish? Probably. But at the same time, we all need to be selfish at some point, and we do need to separate ourselves from from people, and that's that might be one of the toughest things to do as well. Uh, is that feeling of you need to separate yourself, whether it's uh, an ex an ex girlfriend, an ex boyfriend, mm-hmm. or whether it's just a friend who you feel as time has gone by, you see that the friendship is not neither of you are benefiting mm-hmm. uh, are from the friendship, and and while that does sound selfish that's part of a friendship as well is that you need to help out the other and vice versa it can't always be one sided so there's been there's been a few times yeah where i have i've kicked the habit of of, of people and that mm-hmm. sounds really weird but what about you
1: yes i have definitely <laughs> i'm trying to think of how to say this without being as descriptive i have definitely i think okay so in the past i think that i had a i had a bad habit i guess it was bad, a bad it was a person so it was the effects on me weren't good but you know somehow you're addicted to that I, I, I couldn't explain it but I was addicted to that to that person and so I I did I I thought in my head I can't kick this habit I can't get over this and I can't I don't know how and I don't know why until one day I just it just hit me I can't because I don't want to so all I have to do is want to. I have to want it more than I don't want it. And so the second that I did, that I wanted to, and I got completely, that's, that's, it was just, after that, it was just easy. It wasn't this recovery. It was just, all right, I right. don't want it anymore. And that was that. And it was hard, but I can definitely say that the, where I am now, I'm glad that I kicked that habit when I did. If anything, I wish I had kicked it sooner. So I don't know, I feel like, I feel like habits are something that we can't escape because, like I said, it's 40 percent of what we do and we, we don't even know. But I think, like you said earlier, if we could teach our minds to reward ourselves with good habits or create good habits, then I don't know, we might be in a better place. We might learn something more and we might just enjoy enjoy things more, enjoy life more. Would you agree?
0: Maybe we should make it a habit of trying to switch things up, whether it's once a month or once every six months or once once in a while and say, okay, I've done this for this amount of time. Now I'm going to try something new.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's
0: some things we should keep and keep consistent, yeah. but I think because consistency is important, don't get me wrong, but I feel like once in a while, maybe, maybe let's switch things up and try to kick a habit, whether you know you have it or not. month, KSL.com is doing a October Healthy Living Challenge, and it involves sleep. Because most of us, let's be honest, we need more sleep. I think I need more sleep. I don't know about you, but I. Yeah. But you need... No, you're feeling different <laughs> about sleep?
1: Oh, you know, I have, I have thoughts about sleep, but continue.
0: Oh, okay then. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. Uh, so with KSL, we are trying to see how people, their sleeping habits are, and also if they're getting enough sleep. So Form it was from early October, and we're going into early November. Uh, there's a stretch of trying to get six hours of sleep a night or more or seven uh, and going from there and recording it and seeing almost like a diary if you will how how are you been sleeping? do you feel the difference is are you is it even able are you able to get enough sleep because some people depending on schedule, depending just on their own just body itself can they get enough sleep or do they even need enough sleep? Most studies say that. People in this country need more sleep. We're getting an average of usually around maybe six to seven when we should be getting around mm-hmm. seven to nine. Uh, for younger adults, obviously, they could use a little bit more from the seven to nine range. There's a lot of websites out there that give advice on how sleeping, how to do better, how to get better sleep, things like that. So, Yvette, for my question to you is sleep in general. Do you, you said that you feel a little indifferent about if you're getting enough sleep or not. Explain.
1: So I think, I think me personally, I am getting enough sleep, but because I have this. Different, think, like a different way of thinking when it comes to sleep. I think, and I know it's not possible, I get it, but I think that if we didn't need to sleep, because you, I, you've probably heard it before, people are always like, I love sleep. I would never give it up. No, I, lo- I need my nine hours. I need my 10 hours. Like They love their sleep. I get it. But you love your sleep because your body needs it. There's not one person that says, no, I don't, I never really sleep. No, I don't need it. And And maybe there are people who don't sleep, yes, but you do need it. Your body reacts a certain way or doesn't react a certain way when you don't have enough sleep. So... I think that if we didn't need sleep in that sense, that our bodies didn't react the same. If sleeping was something like eating olives, like you didn't have to do it. You could do it. And there's no difference whether you ever eat olives in your life or not. Sleep was like that. Then imagine all the time, the extra time that we would have in a day. Like think minimum six hours a day, seven hours a day, extra to just do stuff to go on a trip or to finish a project or to read a book. I don't know. Tons of stuff, especially when you have something like work to do. Or just nothing to do, whatever. You you could sleep if you want to. Like you could have that olive if you want to, but you don't actually have to and nothing's going to change. And like I said, I know this is impossible, but this is just how I have thought for a long time. So I sleep, yes, because I need to, but sometimes I wish I didn't need to. Now, do I need 10 hours, 9 hours to function? No, I don't. Uh, things have changed, obviously, as I've grown older than when I was younger, you know, college, high school, those days were all about all nighters and you could still function the same. Now I can't, I admit, I am tired. But I am getting enough sleep in the sense that I go to bed and I wake up and I go to bed and I wake up and I also love naps. I like naps in the middle of the day or whenever. So I don't actually feel that I need more. Certain days you just feel more and you sleep in or you just go to bed earlier. But For me personally, I don't think that changes. I think if I got six hours of sleep one night versus the next night where I got nine hours, I personally think I'm going to be the same. I try to get you know six, seven hours, but it doesn't change how I function. I don't know if that's the same with you.
0: For me, do I need more sleep? Eh, Probably on the weekends because I feel like the weekends I need to take advantage of it more because my schedule during the week is just so crazy with not just work with other, with personal things also as well uh, that I need to take care of. And so most of the time during the week, I'm getting about six hours of sleep, sometimes just five, because I, I'm one of those people when I get home from work, I get home from work fairly late, I can't go to bed immediately. I'm up usually for another three hours. So there's a lot of times I'm falling asleep at 2.30 in the morning. There's been times I sleep at 3 in the morning, and then I'm up by 8.30 Because I got to take advantage of those hours that I have left until I got to go back to work or I got to go back and go to a meeting or I got to go visit, you know, somebody and and, and things like that. And so I'm always trying to take advantage of it. Would I like to not have to sleep if I didn't need to? Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm on on board with that. But then again, like the saying is, if should never be in the dictionary because you never see the flip side of it. So we can't always just say if, 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 if yeah if that would be nice, but it's not. so would it be would it be nice to not sleep, of course, but do I need more sleep? I don't feel it yet. I know at some point I will yeah. I, I think we all will we we feel a point where okay, our bodies are just they do need more rest and than, uh, than we were when we were you know twenty one or twenty two yep. but for now, I feel like I, I i I have enough, but the weekends, I feel like that's what I try to take advantage of, okay. Okay, body. Now I'm trying to. I'm gonna make yeah. up for it, and I'm gonna get here at least eight, maybe even nine. Yeah, maybe if I'm not call.
1: I remember this one thing I heard once, and I don't know if it's, I never looked up. I looked it up to see if it was true, but I was a kid, and I heard this guy say once that his grandma said that for every Desvelada, which is like a every like night that you didn't sleep well. For every single one, it takes 40 good nights of sleep to make up for that one night. Now, if that's true, probably not. I don't know. It could be a grandma saying. Um, but, and, and I, there's this NPR article that I found talking about sleep and whether you can make up for sleep for another day if you sleep longer. And no, sleeping is not like a bank. You can't just like withdraw hours and then put hours back in. No, really, it's just how it is and how you sleep. So I don't know. I think sleep's great, yes, don't get me wrong, but do I need it? Eh, I don't know. We'll see. Does anybody need it? Yeah, probably. We all do.
0: That's our podcast for today. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle for the show is at KSL Cafecito. My Twitter handle is at Shuel Carones.
1: And I'm at Evie Cruz.
0: Thanks for joining us. See you next time.
1: <laughs> all right should have been a beatbox machine you know <laughs>